We welcome your sovereignty. We welcome your power. We welcome your dominion, your authority. We welcome your glory and we welcome your presence. We thank you that you have chosen us here today. And we thank you that we are sent to do the will of the Father. So Lord, do your thing. Daddy, do your thing. Holy Spirit, do your thing. This is your service. These are your words. This is your revelation. Manifest yourself. Manifest your power. Manifest your glory. Come into this place. Fill our hearts. Fill our souls. Fill our temples. We bless you, Daddy, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. Thank you. In Jesus' name. This won't be very long. Speak about one thing. Maybe two things. And then we'll be gone. I was listening to a song um, before the youth conference and uh, the Lord dropped it in my spirit. I actually heard it and how, you know, you hear God's word where it says that you hear it twice. That power belongs to God. And when I heard this word, I knew there was power. God's power was there. I knew he was speaking to me. I had an, an excellent um, meeting with Lee just a second ago and according to the Hebrew calendar, uh, we've entered into the death or we've, we're in the death season again. Um, so there can be a lot of death that's happening while you're in what we would call our American calendar or Western civilizations calendars or receiving time. And we're going to all transition into um, what we know our roots are, which is the Hebrew times and seasons of God. Um, but we don't understand the depths of what it means to die. We don't. We've experienced a level of dying, um, but we don't know the depths of what dying really is. We don't. Um, so you mature in levels of dying, or you mature in levels of death. And what I'm talking about is death to self, death to anything that's not in the will of God, but there's levels to it. So the ultimate level of death, Jesus did that. The highest level of death, Jesus took upon himself. We're supposed to fellowship with his suffering, we fellowship with his death, and in fellowshiping with his death, we fellowship with his resurrection. We're in the resurrection season, so everybody's receiving right now, right? There's blessings. We have reconciliation, family. Um, some are receiving material blessings. Um, some are receiving um, mental, soulish elevation um, in God's third 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 heaven, throne room. Um, but I'm going to talk about death and it's not going to be very long. We don't understand how our death impacts those around us. I'm going to read this scripture, uh, Todd, if you want to put it up. Or it's a few scriptures. It's uh, Matthew 27, 50 and then going to 53. Um, a new King James Version, please. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, and they went into the Holy Spirit and appeared to many. Jesus as our example. When he died, people came back to life. When Jesus cried out his spirit, doing the will of, of the Father, and gave up his spirit, those who had already perished came back to life. I mean, those who were already in the ground naturally, and who were to face judgment, came back to life, and then they appeared to many in the city. Now listen to this. There is power in your death. There's power in your death. Let me know if I need to slow down. Um, let me know if I need to. Okay. 
There's power in your death. Now, we think we've experienced death, and we have seen resurrections because of our deaths. We have. But until you start seeing people who have already died around you start being raised to life and appear to many. I'll give you an example. Carrie died. Christian came to life, and now he's in the city appearing to many. You get what I'm saying? Some of us haven't died. And we're watching those people who are around us perish. (laughs) Miss Mary gave a testimony about how a pastor um, that we know, uh, Pastor Edge, gave her a word in the marketplace. That word came to pass. And the Lord spoke in my spirit that what if he would have never spoken that word? Would she have received a blessing? You can you can challenge that any kind of way. I just want I want to I want to challenge your mind. What if people are dying because you haven't died? What if people in your life are perishing because you have decided to live? Simply, what does it mean to die? To give it's no greater love. To die is to give up your life. What is it to give up your life? Zenny equated at one service that your life is your job sometimes because it gives you money. So your money can be your life. It's not a bad thing. That it's not your God, but it's where you spend your time, where you spend your life. Some of us haven't given money, and we're watching people perish. It's in First John, talking about giving. How can you really say you love if you see a brother in need and you don't give? Okay? Many people are dying spiritually and naturally because we have refused to die in certain areas. Now, we have many different areas in our life. We have uh, relationships. We have finances. We have uh, family. We have ministry. All these different scopes of life. Have you really made the decision to die as Christ died? It said he yielded his spirit. That means he gave it willingly. Death can sometimes be hard when you resist it. Have you seen many people when they're on their deathbed and they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting, and they're in so much pain? But the moment they said, hey, it's on you, Lord, or hey, you know, this is my fate. You can see peace come upon them. And the pain almost instantly ceases. Or if there was pain, it's as if it wasn't doing what it was before. Are you dying in your finances? Are you dying in your, in your relationships? Some of, us have, some of us have not even died in a relationship. And we're watching another person perish in another relationship. And I'll say this to you. How do you know that you died? There's resurrection life in the people around you. That doesn't mean you have to go around bringing life to everybody. You are supposed to go around, but that's not your indication of your death. Because you can go into a place and uplift somebody. It can be the spirit in you doing it. But a clear indication of your death with power, people are resurrected and they appear to many. They are a testimony of your death. I'll give you another example. Gene Hall. C.E. Hall. That man has died. You want to know how he's died? He spends more time with God in the day than he does with himself in the day. You get what I'm saying? He said he, he won't even leave his house until he spends at least anywhere between three and six hours with the Lord. Everything is second to that relationship. Everything is second to that death. And behold, then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two. People's eyes will not even be opened up until you die. Y'all just stay with me. I'm almost done. People's eyes still have a veil over it because you have chosen to live. Because we have chosen to live. For our own will. What death have you taken? Have you kind of just died partially? To where you know you can just get by in the Lord? Or have you completely died? To where people are being raised to life. Mamie, you and Carl. That man died. I watched him die. 
I did. I also watched you die too. And I saw both y'all raised to life. There's a level of death that we can enter into to a resurrection power steps into the place when we step into it. Some of us don't even want to yield up our, our, our words, let alone our spirit, let alone our, our life. We're too good to even apologize sometimes. And the earthquake and the rocks were split. I actually heard, I was in, I don't know where I was at. I was in worship, but I actually heard the, uh, the clouds break in the spirit as if something was penetrating the third heaven coming through the second heaven. I've heard that. And the graves were open and many bodies of the saints. Some people haven't been able to even enter into their saint state because you have refused to die. There's a saint in everybody. It's the Holy Spirit. Of the saints who have fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection. And then they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When you die, somebody's died for you. You're the result of their death. And when you're raised to life, you will go out before the city. The city doesn't necessarily have to be what you would call Savannah, but we can talk about the congregation. You can talk about your family. And the life, the resurrection life that's in you causes you to die. Can you imagine that? The, that the, the very spirit of, that raised Jesus from the dead is the initiator of death to the flesh. And as you die after being raised to life, many of those who are around you will be raised to life. All I know is I want to appear to many alive but dead. Alive but dead. Carrie said this one time, I don't, you know, this could be his revelation. He told me, he said, um, Chris, a dead man don't got an opinion. That is so true in so many ways. <laughs> Some of us are willing to yield up our opinion, but not even willing to yield up our, our lives. There's many people in everybody's life that we're going to have to continuously die for until we see life in them. Like Todd was saying, there's no greater love than to lay down your life for another. Now, that's natural, but that's also a spiritual death. Some of us have yet to truly really experience the death of someone dying for us. If you come into this house, there is a man that died for you. In the natural realm, Jesus Christ died for everyone. But in this house, Gene Hall died. And then Lee came and she died. Zinni died. Carrie died. So that we can experience the resurrection life, but we can grow in maturity to die for another. See, when we honor and we want our life more than we want anybody, more than we want the life of Christ, we're actually dead, but not dead in life. We're dead. There's no life in us. You also know you die when you cry out with a loud voice. There's a death that comes with a screech. There's a death that comes with a cry out of the depths of your belly, out of the depths of your spirit, out of the depths of your heart that no one can say wasn't true. We all been there. Well, we just wept and we screamed because we were tired of the life we were living. There's truth in love. The truth in love is we need to get back into this cycle. There's been a focus that is, just, is trying to sway us to enter back into self because it's a good season, right? We're going to go through the cycle again. Some of us need to die for our spouses. Some of us need to die for our family members. Some of us need to die for our coworkers. Some of us need to die for just every, anybody we can die for. How can I portray love? I had, to, I had the opportunity to go see Spring today um, at her job. And I sat and talked with her for like an hour. And I was just kind of sharing what was going on at the ministry. And a woman walked in. And she was like, hey, I guess she worked there. And I just got up and started talking to her. And she almost like jumped away from me. Now, I didn't, I didn't get up violently. But as I started to speak, the life in me was causing death in her. I'm not saying this very, 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 I'm not saying this boastfully. She said, what you're saying to me right now, I can't even hear it. Because what's in me, it causes me not to want to hear it. 
See, I know I need to change, but I don't want to right now. I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. And she's a beautiful woman, and that was truth. Literally, she jumped back like, hey. And then I, I got closer, and I kept talking to her. And then there was another woman in the room, and um, the Lord had gave me a word, and she had so much life. But he showed, he showed me that she suffered rejection her whole life. A lot of, see, how you know rejection in a person? Sometimes they're easily receiving. They're taking every, everybody. They're doing to someone that, that what they've never had done to them. That gift is prostituted. I'm not saying it's bad, but it, it can be overly, it, it can be, I had it. I was rejected so much, I just gravitated anybody. I loved on everybody. And then before you knew it, I was being used. I was being used, and then you know Jezebel's attracted to a man who, who won't stand up for himself. And then I started speaking to her. And God gave me life to speak in her. He gave me, I just grabbed her hands. Right in there, I'm talking about we had church in their office, people walking in, receiving mail. She works at a, a apartment complex. People trying to sign leases. I'm in there just doing it. He just talk, talked about she had a birthmark, and I thought it was just the most beautiful birthmark. She had it going all the way down here, and then she said it was on her back. And um, I just said the long story short about how she received rejection and how God wanted to reverse everything that people caused on her through, through rejection. And when I say she, she literally, she skipped out of there. She's almost the backflips getting out of there. She was like, oh, my goodness, this is, what is this? And I talked to Spring a whole hour before any of that happened, just testifying about God. See, the death that we experience when we step into the marketplace, when we go into the city, it's easy for life to, life to just show up. I didn't, once again, I didn't have to wait for the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I just wanted to portray love. Love is death to self. I tell you this, I didn't go there to do that. I could have said, I'm going here just to talk with Springer, then I can, I can break out. But God had a greater purpose. He had a greater mission there. People need to know that God loves them. No joke. Sometimes before a person comes to Christ, you may be the only voice that they hear from God. And then you can open up their ears. That was an awesome opportunity. Excuse me. All I know is we're supposed to go places and see things change. I'm going to testify real quick. We went to the, uh, the youth, right before the youth conference, I told this testimony. We're at cookout. I just want to increase some faith in the building. And there was a boy that had hearing aids, couldn't hear. Um, and I was very hungry that day. It was the last day, one of the last days of the fast, the hardest day for me. And um, God showed the boy to me. And long story short, I basically ran the mother down in cookout, and I prayed for the little boy. And that day, he was at the hospital, and the doctors told him his hearing was not going to get better. And here, here's an example. The mom would be in the car where Miss Mary would be. That's where the son would be without the hearing aids. And she would have to scream at the top of her lungs for the young man to hear her. This boy was six years old. I prayed for him. God touched him. And from here to Miss Mary, the mother was talking like this. Jesus. And he would hear. I know last time I said this, it was the same reaction in the room. What do you really mean? Essentially, his ears were open. And the, the very curse that was spoken over his life was reversed that night. It said it would not get better, and it, it did get better. Do you get what I'm saying? That's why Christ shows up. That's why God shows up, and I think it's so funny that we never go to cookout for youth, and God sent us that night. And then the temptation to eat food was so great. God sent, it was so strategic. He sent him right, right in front of my path. Powerful. The boy just hugged me. He didn't want to let me go. He stared into my eyes. I told him to look at me. I said, hey, I want you to know nothing's wrong with you. And God's going to make you whole. He just looked at me. There was so much purity in his eyes. It was hard to, to stay. And I'm pretty good about I'm looking in people's eyes when I'm talking to them. The boy was piercing me. I said, Lord, that's Christ in there. He said, come to me as a little child. We're at the youth conference. And um, 
I was already praying for somebody doing worship. And Stephen had called people up for prayer. I didn't know what for. I walked to Stephen. I said, hey, what are we praying for? He just said, whoever needs prayer, they're coming up. And um, I prayed for a young man, and then nobody else was in my line. So the Lord put on my heart to ask if anybody needed prayer for healing or anything like that, you need healing in the body. And this woman walks up, and she said, my back, I need healing in my back. I said, hey, what's wrong? I don't really remember what she said. She just said it was in a lot of pain. She had surgery over 10 years ago. And whether the pain was there from surgery or it, it just elevated and it's at, it's at a high now. And I said, okay, we're just going to pray that God heals you. I didn't do no long prayer. We didn't pray long. I just put my hand on the back and I said, in Jesus' name, we command this back to line up with the word of God. We command this back to be healed. I asked the lady to check it. You was there. The lady uh, started, I said, well, what haven't you been able to do? She didn't even tell me. She just started doing it. And she was like this. She was doing all this different type of stuff. And I stopped her. I said, hey, what's, all right, do you have any pain? And it seemed like she didn't want to tell me that she had. I said, hey, don't lie. Just tell me if you got any pain. She was like, yeah, I got a little bit of pain. I said, let's pray again. Prayed again. I said, let's check it. The lady did the exercises for like 10 minutes. I even left her and went to pray for somebody else, and she was still doing it. Long story short, a, a, a plague of pain that's been with her for 10 or, 10 or so years left in an instant. See, when you die, all you got to do is just show up. And the person that gave you life is going to do what he wants to do. I, I commend Tori, Mimi. Um, Mimi is seriously dying. You can't take her anywhere without her praying for somebody or her introducing God to somebody. We are our owner. We never met the owner of the house that we're renting. Came to the house to check for, these are just testimonies, to check because heard that shingles had came off the roof and she thought it was going to be leaking the roof if she came. We were all scrambling because it was unexpected. Oh, man, make sure the house clean, all this different stuff. And I noticed in the mail the name because we've been getting mail. I'm like, who is this person? I didn't even know it was the owner. I said, hey, babe, go take her this mail. Tori ran outside, get a woman to what? And they were still outside. Just... This is the cool part. Okay. Like you know, at the no, 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 just wait. No, just wait. This is... Okay, go ahead. Okay. So we met, the, the wife came that day, well, a year ago at the same time, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the husband came to the house because the toilet was messed up. And so I got to meet him for the first time and he was telling me his testimony about how they um, were together for like yeah. 30 plus years, well, maybe even 40. And it wasn't working out. They got divorced for three years and how one day they were just in the car together arguing and they end up walking in this church. And long story short, they got back together. And their whole entire marriage started back again. So, And this yes. is a so, year ago that I talked to the man and this was happening. This, this they was had where just they got were. Back together. They got, Every, God brought them back together. I know. It was, so they both show up at the house. Yeah. They both show up at the house and we meet yeah. the, the owner. So Tori goes out there with the mail. Mimi just follows on alone. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, because you... Okay, so this is cool because... Like, I am dying to self. Let's just say that. Because sometimes I don't want to, like, do certain yeah. things. And Chris is like, he's like, go out there and meet the lady. And I'm like, why? Like, why do I got to go out there and meet her? Like, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. But I know God is, like, making me die to myself just with little things like that. Because, like you said, if I would have not yielded to the your voice, yeah. the, 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 oh, my goodness, I, we would have missed it. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, let me just go out here and meet this lady. Well, we go out there. Mimi is standing with me. She said, she's supposed to be here. And I'm like, okay. Like, whatever. Mimi's like, let's go. Like, we run out there. And I hand her the mail. And the Lord just opened up the door at that point. It was Hold absolutely on. amazing. And the husband, kind of like, it was as if he knew what was about to go down. And he jumped in the car and just ran off. But the wife stayed right there with us. And she starts to... Mimi, first off, asked, is there anything you need prayer for? And she's like, she's kind of laughing. She's like, everything. everything. And so Mimi prays for her. And then she's like, wow, I can't believe this is happening right now. And she starts to tell me that she's going to be moving back in this house because they're getting separated again. And the Lord, like, use us. Intercept it. Yes, to intercept that and minister. And I got to testify how I use their testimony 
because it was amazing to me in the marketplace to testify to others. And she was just like, I mean, you could tell she just got like hit. She didn't, she didn't come there. She was dumbfounded. Yeah. It was just like, and she just kept wanting to hug us before she left. And I was just like, yes, praise God. Like he. In a, in a situation where there was death. Yes. He intercepted with love. Because one or two people yep. yielded to God's voice and just mm-hmm. stepped in. Mimi is. Yeah, it was. I'm gonna say she's a champ at that. And she like felt like she, and that's what, like she's dying to self because she's out of herself. Like I was too focused on like why do um, I have to work out, walk out this door and meet a person? We're gonna have to start talking. All this stuff. I was, was self, like self, 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 and like you. That was a great example because when you're dying to yourself, your only focus is. Jesus, God, yeah, what he, he wants. And so... And it called yeah. you, you have to die to want to do those things. Our normal self, the fleshly self, don't want to step out of our comfort zone. The dead man has no comfort zone. He's in your face. He's all over you. He's touching you. He's, he's, he's loving on you. And he's bringing life to dead situations. He's bringing life to dead situations. We, don't even, we can't even go on Walmart without praying for the people that work at Walmart. And I'm all the way on another side of the aisle, and they're calling my name to come over and pray for somebody. This is, this, this is the life of death. It really is. Go ahead, honey. And then I have another testimony yes. that I just found out today. Like, maybe a month ago, I and mean, you probably remember this. Carl, you too, because you came with Chris that day. Y'all came to my, my office, and it was some funky, weird stuff going on. And I was like, Chris, they're telling me to keep the door locked. I didn't know what was happening. So I'm just kind of like, okay, like, should I be worried? But I was just like, Lord, just give me peace. Like, I'm not going to try to, like, engage with this matter. And one of my um, employees, her whole entire family was outside. And I walked outside to meet Carl and Chris. But the sister, she saw me coming outside and she was like, no, don't come outside. And I was like, I had to, like, ask myself not to take offense to it because I'm like, why did she just reject me like that? Like. I was coming outside to like, you know, see them, but they, I found out today that she did that because she, long story short, she took this medication and it kind of made her a little cuckoo. But when she saw me, she, she, she knew the light that was in me and she was afraid that I was going to like pray for her and stuff. I don't even know. Her sister was telling me this today and her mom was just saying that was nothing but the devil. Mm -hmm trying to resist the light that was in me the, to reject. And I, I just found that, that out today. And I was like, really? Like that would, that wasn't my intentions, but I, I believe just based on like the experiences that I have at that job, at that job and her hearing about the, the testimonies scare her on that moment or, I you know, you. like kind of like that experience today with you and the lady. Yeah. She didn't want, to be changed in that moment, so she wanted to reject Resisted, it, yeah. even though I had no idea that that was happening. And so, like that is like right on it, like how people can reject. They're not rejecting us; they're just rejecting the light. Yes. And and we have to like know not to take offense to it, because for a moment I was like, "What in the world?" Like that was I kind of got sad. Like why everybody else, all the other employees were walking out, walking up to him, talking to him. I'm like. What's going on? What's going on? Like, why are they trying to like hide something from me? Like, Rejection you know, said. yeah, reject. Like, yeah. And I had to like ask the Lord to just remove it, and He did. But I found that out today, and I was like, that's kind of cool. That is really awesome. Praise God. We all carry light. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but it was really cool about basically your level of death. It's going to be the level of life. And we, and I don't want to make death. I always used to hate saying it, but I love saying it now. Um, we should walk in continual death to self to where there's no more death of self. And we're just walking in the fullness of God. You know, when we walk in the fullness of God, God took Enoch. He took Enoch. <laughs> no, um, I was just this telling is trans- her. This is my, trans- my Spanish translator. Um, I was just telling her, I, I was I like, was my, um, when you were saying that it had reminded me that when the first time we yeah. met, um, and 
like this really bothered me so much, Tori. And I was just like telling my mom, I felt so bad. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so this, I'm so that. And um, my husband came to visit. And first, Chris, Chris, mom, me, we were talking for what, a few uh, hours or yeah, something. Hours, yeah. And um, I was I was hoping that my husband would meet him. Um, and he did for like 10 minutes. And as soon as he stepped out the car um, and Chris tried to approach him, I mean, my husband just went the other way, you know. And I was like, oh, my gosh, mom, Chris is going to think, like, I'm so rude. He's so, you know, I was just so embarrassed in that moment. And my mom, she said, you know what? Um, how did you tell me when someone has that 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 light of God, just like they were saying about you, and he's so full of darkness, you know, it it's so strong that it's just Opposed he's rejecting yeah, yeah he's just rejecting it and that's what she wanted me <laughs> and you don't even have to say anything you ultimately just show up and, and i will say like chris you know he just handled it so well like he i was so surprised i was like oh my gosh he doesn't seem offended he you know chris but i understood after my mom yes. opened my eyes to that you know yes. and i was like okay okay and that for me that's a good indication of my purpose with him so there's going to be an exchange between me and him, and God's going to win. He always I like the song. You have no rival. That's one of the best parts of that song. There's nothing that can stand against God. The light dispels the darkness. The darkness does not overcome the light. All you got to do is just show up and love. And love is many different things, folks. Love is discipline. You cannot watch the enemy run rampant and yield to that. I'm going to be honest with you. You can't, because if you do this, man, the Lord hit me with this. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, you are a partaker of evil. Okay, I'll say it again. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. If I'm out and I see evil, I am to hate it. The way you attack hate is love. So just like with the little boy who had hearing aids, I saw that the enemy had oppression over him. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. If I hate evil, I am to produce love. If I am not producing love, I am a partaker of the evil. Because the power is within us to change those things. Though the power is in us to shift things. A lot of us have come to levels in here where we should just be showing up and people should just be getting changed. And we are yielding to the darkness and to the darkness in the atmosphere and the people. And we're just sitting there thinking, okay, well, God didn't yield me to do anything. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm telling you, true authority is showing up and not saying anything, and things change. True authority is showing up and, and breathing and something changing. Showing up and speaking and things change. I'm, I experienced it at the youth conference. I haven't experienced that level of authority come out of my mouth, I don't think, ever. I don't think ever. And all I had to do was say what God told me to say. And trust me, I was waiting, <laughs> waiting for my turn to speak, looking over my notes. I'm like, do you really want me to teach on this? And the things I didn't want to teach on is what he really wanted me to teach on. And testimonies I've already come for. There's a man that owns a business out there. And I watched him the whole time. Literally, it's like how I am when I listen to Gene. He was on the edge of his seat, glued to the words coming out of my mouth. And he testified to Stephen. He said, man, that message was just so, it was so powerful. I went home and, and taught it to my kids. There's another testimony that, that came forth that there were people in bad relationships. And they correlated that relationship with the lack of uh, authority or the order of the marriage being out of place. And they severed a relationship that was ungodly. <laughs> and I don't even remember that person getting hands laid on them. That's authority. Where the word is spoken and the mind is changed. Or where you show up and the mind has no... I, I see it with Gene. He show up. <laughs> I ain't going to think like that while he here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not trying to be silly. But the, the, the presence causes you to want to think different. That man is on a, another level, an, another height, another stratosphere in his, in, in his renewal of the mind. And sometimes you just got to sit around him to know. We went to a church. He said, man, let's stop receiving tithes and offerings from the church. Let's come and give them tithes. Let's come and give them offering. Boom. I ain't heard nobody ever say that. We, we go to minister to them, but we start paying off houses. And we don't even receive the offering. I'm telling you, the church will get changed immediately. Yes, it will. That level of love, 
That's some serious, God, that's God in operation. It's no joke. There's a difference between, Gene talks about this, the presence and the person. When the presence, see, I was in the office over there. Y'all knew I was here. So y'all, you, you, could, you had an indication of my presence. But when I step in the room, the person is here. We have to go from God's presence to his person. Because the presence is always with you. That's what it says in the word. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The presence is always with you. But is the person of God always with you? Is he always with you? <laughs> so when the person shows up, everything that person has, you have access to. See, in his presence is fullness of joy. Because we know everything that he is, is great. And I don't have to worry. But when daddy steps into the room, daddy, can I have this? Daddy, can I have that? And if you're a king's child or king's kid, Daddy, it's already appointed. You don't even, I don't want to say it the wrong way, but it's like this. You ask everything in Jesus' name. You ask the Father everything. God has already appointed somebody that you can say, hey, I want this. You know, when the king goes to another place and the prince is at a place or a prince goes to another place, all the resource of the father or that king is at at the disposal of of the prince. We got to get into the person of God. We'll never experience the person of God until we know how to keep that presence of God. And keeping the presence is simply this, knowing that God is with you. Knowing that God is with you, there is no fear. And where there is no fear, there is complete faith. (laughs) Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I want his person. I want his person that is inside of me to come out of me. And I want his person that's inside of me to grow inside of me. I'm telling you. I'm really tired of seeing the enemy run rampant in this in this generation, um, in our lives, because he he just got too much power. And Jesus stripped him of that power two, over two thousand years ago. And the word says, I think in Revelation that when the world is over and the, and the ages come to an end, we're gonna look at this worm. Yes. And gonna say, is this who who deceived the nations? Yep. Is this him that that, that deceived the, the the people? That's pride. Pride portrays to be something that it's not. (laughs) It could be a worm, but it roars like a lion. (laughs) And it slithers like a snake. It portrays fear, but fear is in it. We got to get in the presence. And then we got to get daddy to show up. I want daddy to step in. I want daddy to, to, I want to walk with God. Enoch walked with God, and they had such a great relationship. God, I want you with me. He didn't even taste death. They, he, he literally left. He was, in a word, it talks about him being righteous. Can you imagine? That's, 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 that's one of the things that we're going to experience in a rapture. This is the generation that's going to bring Jesus back. I've never heard any church person say this. I've only been walking in the Lord maybe three years. We're so focused on getting people to heaven, getting people born again. We're so focused on, oh, I got to get this person saved. Why don't we just get Jesus to show back up? Now, don't get me wrong. No one can renew their mind until they have the Holy Spirit in them. And God's, his purpose, his will is that none should perish. I'm not lessening salvation. But the ideal of salvation is to get people to heaven. I've done my job, God. Instead of helping them get renewed and allowing Christ to come down to receive his bride. Yes. I've never heard anybody say that. And I, revelation is truth. It'll never go against what the word of God says. We got to enter into death for life. Not just our own. We, we know that we have to die so we can live. And so Christ can live through us. But we need to die so those around us who have perished. We'll come back to life. And I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> the Lord told me this. He said, you can't raise the dead if you're afraid to go around the death, go around death or dead people. You cannot raise the dead if you have fear to go around dead people. You cannot do it. I want to be an individual that daddy walks with, that when we show up, dead bodies just start coming out of nowhere. 
And then people, I'm talking about the miraculous, where their body has been embalmed. And that (laughs) is so miraculous that coffins are flying open, dirt is flying off the ground, Mm -hmm. and people are crawling out. You can't, you can't, you can't deny God if that's happening. Because you know how much dirt has to go on that? A bunch. And in that time, they had tombs. So for those tombs to open up, it had to show God's power. Those big old wheels, I don't even know what you call them. Those giant stones where three and four men had to move them. And they still struggled. And one angel comes down. Throw that thing to the side. There's a glorious life in death. When the Lord dropped that on me, I said, man, that is awesome. When Jesus died, those who had perished, they, he called them saints in the word, but those who had perished, resurrected, and they appeared to many in the city, attributing his conquering power over death, showing just through one obedience, one, one act of obedience, going to the cross, many will be raised to life. And he had power over death, sin and the grave. That's the song, man. That last song was just the declaration in it. You have no rival. Do we really understand the sovereignty, the sovereignty of God? The word says that everything is subject to Jesus. All powers, all dominions, all authority. That's things in the heavenly realms. Even the devil is subject to Jesus' power. In the book of Job, a righteous man, God allowed Satan to go so far with him. And the only thing I could really say about that, uh, according to the word, and you judge yourself by the word, but some of us not even as righteous as Job. And we mad when the enemy is testing us and God has let him loose in our life. Well, we should be rejoicing. Because God is testing everything he has birthed in you. I talked about that with one of my friends today. A good indication you're on the right track, and we have it in here. Uh, uh, what it's called adversary, temptation, and opposition. We got the teaching. But a good indication is all hell is coming against you. I remember this time last year, all hell was coming against me, and I, I for sure mean it was coming against Carl. <laughs> That's my death, brother. Ain't no shame in that, Mamie. You know. Because there's, there's a life that you have. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. They're not even ready. It's, there's so much power. So much power. I honor you. I do. No joke. And Carl is a blessed man. Next to me, he's the second most blessed man. You know what I'm saying? There's so much beauty in this room. There's so much beauty in this room. Whether, whether you're waiting for your mate to come, um, whether you're waiting for the next move in life, whether you're mate, there's beauty in this room. Everything that is of God is attracted to you when you have God. Amen. When you have died to yourself, God has increased in you. There's no way to God except through Jesus Christ. We can't go through these self-help. Um, I need to get my life cleaned up. I got to do these steps. Um, if I just break this habit, I break that habit. God's going to, you know, my life is going to change. None of that happens. It happened, but it's not eternal. The only thing that is, is an eternal change is Jesus Christ operating and changing you in your life. And you want to be a testimony of his kingship and his lordship. You do. You want to be. Trust me. Because when you go before the people in the city, they're going to know you are different. They're going to know you are different. And there's no denial. The people I talked to today went to church. And I didn't talk for 20 minutes. I talked for five. And so, oh, I don't, well, I'm talking about, you see, you know, if you can see in the spirit, in the cartoons, you see like little spirals, yeah. little smoke clouds, uh, sparks. Yeah. That was going off. Like nobody's talking about this. And all I said is God wants to reveal himself as daddy. <laughs> I said, that, I, I, me, and, me and Carl did it yesterday. We went and prayed for a couple yesterday. And I just started talking about daddy. And I've seen, I've seen a dumbfounded face three times where it's like their face is struck. And this is it. The, you don't speak as the scribes. In the word, the scribes were, were, were notorious or they were known for regurgitating what they had heard. They didn't have revelation. 
When Jesus came and spoke where they spoke, they said, who is this that speaks with such authority? He does not speak as the scribes. If he doesn't speak as the scribes, that means he's speaking with revelation. If he's speaking with revelation, that means he has authority. If he has authority, people will be dumbfounded. Who is this? And the Lord told me this today. When Jesus was a child, he said he was about his father's business. He was caught in the temple. You should have known I was going to be him about my father's business. It said he increased in wisdom and in stature. Now, when you're about your father's business, you're going to increase in wisdom, the wisdom of heaven, not natural wisdom, and the stature. Now, you could take that two ways. There's a natural stature. You're going to grow in the physical body. But there's a stature of authority that's going to come upon you. And you'll increase in that when your focus is on what daddy wants you to do. And think about all that Jesus could have done from birth. It takes maturity to not do something you know you can do, but not time for you to do it. It takes maturity. Sometimes this ministry is the ministry for Savannah. And we have something the world needs. We have revelation. We have wisdom. We have knowledge. And we have understanding. I would like to call them the four pillars of advancing in God. But I can't say that. I I don't know. I'm not a scribe. I'm not a person that has done research enough to say that that's what. But we we have knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and revelation. Those four things. And we have that. Not only in the word of God, but in visions and in dreams. See, what people don't understand is if you can see it, you can believe it. That's why the word says that faith is the evidence of things not seen. But it takes faith to see something you cannot see. But when they manifest in the, the natural, it, it increases a whole nother level of faith. Can, right. I know I'm hungry. I know I'm hungry. This faith tells me I'm hungry. But when I see food and I can't get to it, I really know I'm hungry. <laughs> Same thing. You can be thinking about, I don't know why I can't get into worship. And all somebody has to do is teach the knowledge, the understanding, and the wisdom and revelation on worship. And faith is increased. See, we don't even understand the stature that we have in this house. And you don't even really know it until you go out. You don't even know it until you go out. You can't, you can't affect nobody in the house. You can't. What can you do in your house? What can you do? Oh, I'm, I'm worshiping God. I'm getting my prayer in. All those things you're doing in the house is for you to do outside the house or to prepare you for what you're going to do outside. Man, y'all think power shows up in here? I'm, t- I'm talking about when this thing busts wide open. I know I'm just repeating what James already said a million times. But I've stepped into a level of experiencing it now. It's not only I have heard it. I have experienced it. And you experience it just by stepping out on faith. You know, signs, wonders, and miracles is the first level of a Christian life. <laughs> Did you? The Holy Spirit is all the gifts of the Holy Spirit is based on signs, wonders, and miracles. The moment you receive Christ in your heart, you can flow in it. <laughs> he wants you to act like a child. Keyshawn be praying for people in the house. I'll pray for him, Uncle Chris. He do. Almost like not even knowing what he's doing. Think about how awesome he's going to be when he even gets knowledge about it. He saw his leg grow out. He know God is real. He sees stuff happen. God wants us to understand his truth. We will never comprehend the fullness of God. It's impossible until we go to heaven. You know when you go to heaven, everything is just known. You know people say, when I die, I'm going to ask all these questions to God. You step in. It's just like when you get into his presence here. The questions you had don't even matter. It don't even make a, it don't make a difference. God is, daddy's here. God's here. And he's answered everything just by his presence or his person. When you go to heaven, you're just going to know. Oh, my gosh. And now I'm going to be done because I told you I'm not going to speak for very long. Tori was talking to one of her friends last night. 
And she, you know, the long story short, the girl said she just didn't know why she went through the things she went to, went through. And the Lord, he, that's our message. That's a part of our message here. This is part of your message. Why did you go through the, the hell and the mess that you, you went through in life? So I just snatched the phone. I told you, let me handle this. I get on that text. And the Lord just poured out awesomeness and love. See, the enemy wants to keep you out of understanding. He don't care. Oh, my gosh. He don't care if you got knowledge. Satan had knowledge of the word. Satan knew the word. He even challenged the word with the word. Revelation never discredits the word. It supersedes the word. And I don't mean it means it cancels it out. The word that Satan came out was truth. He had knowledge of it, but he didn't have revelation. You don't get revelation until you spend time in God's presence. You don't get revelation until you spend time in God's presence. You can spend time in church all day and get knowledge and not flow in revelation. And you'll be quoting the word to somebody who got the word. And we think that we're doing them justice. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And then the revelation of the word came forth. And did you notice every time after he said the revelation, he had to go to the whole next thing. So he couldn't say nothing else. And he had to depart him. And after that, God sent angels to minister to him. There There are angels that when you're facing a trial, a temptation that God has appointed to you when you pass that test. Some of us haven't even experienced angels ministering to us because we have repeatedly failed the test. We have yielded to the voice of the enemy. I had many people come and tell me the word. When I was growing in here, it was constant. Constant. I had many people coming in here giving me the word to try to get me off, not knowing they were trying to get me off track, but trying to sway what the Lord had revealed to me. Trying to sway. And that's a test, learning to hear the voice of God. Learning to hear the voice, learning to obey the voice of God. Three years. That thing say test every spirit. Because Satan got a spirit too. And it's the spirit of the age. And he don't scare, he don't care about speaking the, the word that he has knowledge of. And some of us think some people are so, I'm telling you, some people think they're so heightened in the spirit. And you can walk up. This, oh my gosh, this is how you know. When the Lord starts pouring out revelation, they want to overthrow what God is telling you. They want to overthrow. They want to say what God has said to them. They need more so to even listen to you. I'm telling you, and that to me, that's a good indication that God has put us in a place of greatness. The enemy does not want you elevated. And he'll send people that just don't know to try to temper. You've experienced that. They try to bring you down. By what they say. And they be people that we look at with, with such like, oh my gosh, they're so awesome. And they're just being used. We've all been used by the enemy. I'm not pointing out any <laughs> great leaders, but I mean, in this house, in here right now, I would say you're 90% further along, 95% further along than the body of Christ as a whole. You have to be under an apostolic authority. The church age is passing away, folks. The apostles are rising up. You see a great advancement in revelation. Revelation can hit you, and you don't even know you received it. But your mind is renewed in it. Your mind is renewed in it. And you'll start thinking differently, not even knowing you're thinking differently. And this is how you know that you're thinking differently. People don't even recognize you. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to say this is my revelation. When Jesus died, rose again, he was on the road. The disciples were walking with him. The people that were with him the last three years didn't even recognize him. That was crazy. (laughs) You can become unrecognizable to the people around you when you start obeying God, when you start receiving the revelation of God. We are all unrecognizable. 
And this is how you know you're unrecognizable. They hate you because they first hated him. I'm going to tell you this. There's favor and then there's love of the world. Favor is access to God and God. Uh, favor is access to people and places. The world can love you and they can hand you things to try to pull you off track. You are not of this world and you, we need to become unrecognizable to your family. Abraham, having to obey God, having to obey God, leave his father's house. Have you ever thought why? What he was going to step into, they would not have been able to honor. Because what God was birthing in him was greater than what was there. And the people closest to you are the ones that sometime try to lessen what God is doing in your life. Yeah, that's hard. It's hard to hear that. But if he didn't leave, what? This should be the story of everybody's life. Your natural parents, if you're privileged, if you're, I'm going to say it like this, your natural parents are to help you come to a place in the natural realm. And then when you reach the place of your death, God has already appointed a mother and a father. That parent is supposed to hand you over. When they don't want to hand you over, listen, when they resist the handover, they're trying to, unknowingly, they're lessening what God is doing in your life. And then God, in the word, it says you have to choose your master. You have to choose your God. And it says you will not love your father, you will not love your mother, your child, your sister, your siblings more than you love me. You will not. Because it says if you do, you're not worthy of me. And then we all come to that crossroad where the person that raised me, I have to deny them. I have to deny them. You got to leave. Your daddy house, you got to leave your mama house. And when you see, there's a privilege, though. Like I can say for you, you want your daughter to receive the things of God. You don't have your hands over her saying, do this, do that. You have released her to God. There are some parents and I don't want to talk about it. Parents are awesome. We need them. Everybody needs them. But there are some parents that are afraid to see their kids do greater than what they did. Especially in this next move of God. I am telling you, my grandfather and my father were, were, were ministers. My dad passed the mantle to me. I felt it. I literally felt the mantle come on my life. And it, it, it essentially sent me into travail. That's two generations. I don't even know past my grandfather. The moment he did that, he solidified and sealed the call that God had on my life. Everything that was on my grandfather's life, everything that was on my father's life came on me. At full measure, because my daddy released it. So everything they walked in, I have already received. Now, there's a mantle that you receive from your spiritual parents, from your spiritual father. And that mantle gets passed to you. (laughs) That mantle gets passed to you when you have obeyed to the point of suffering. When you have obeyed. To where it hurts. See, a spiritual parent will never give you anything unless he's seen you die. Because he's not going to bring life to it. He's not going to bring life to a corpse. He's not. I didn't say he's not going to bring life to a dead, to to the dead, to the dead. He's not going to bring life to the flesh. He's not going to bring life to a corpse. So we have to die. And that mantle. Oh, my goodness. Those who are getting ordained this year, yeah, I talked about it. Y'all remember when I talked about it? There's another level because it's, it's getting greater because there's more. Every, we're a body. We have things to add to this, to this body. But when that mantle, when the laying of hands come during ordination, there's going to be an acceleration and an elevation in the spirit that you haven't received. There's going to be another level of boldness, another level of finances, love, everything you can think of. Because everything he's received, we're now getting a measure. And you can look at his life. I'm not, I'm not a big person. I, I love material things, but I mean, like, Lord's delivered me from that. Yeah. 
but you can see how God has blessed him. <laughs> and you can count it double what he has is what you're going to have. Yeah. That's what the words say. All right. All right. I said I was going to be done at 730, but <laughs> praise the Lord. Yes, we want testimony. You got testimonies. Bring them forth now. Oh.